Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. This is a series all about you thriving together, all about you succeeding, all about you reaching, all about you growing, and all about your health. I want you to write this in your notes. If you're not taking notes, why would you not take notes in church? Write this in your notes. Healthy things grow. Write that down. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. The famed CEO of God's Chicken, uh, Dan Cathy, who is the CEO of Chick-fil-A. Can I get a good amen for Chick-fil-A? And it, By the way, it's not by chance. God gave us a miracle of a new Chick-fil-A in Leon Springs, and then he gave us a church building. Come on. I'm telling you, this is the season. You all better get in. And so the famed, uh, uh, somebody came to him and said, uh, uh, Dan, uh, in a board meeting, they were talking about how uh, McDonald's was encroaching on a Chick-fil-A territory. And they said, uh, we need to expand faster. We need to grow. We need to grow. We need to grow. We need to get bigger. We need to plant. You know, we need to have more locations. We need to sell more franchises. And Dan Cathy, in a very famous speech, said to this board of directors, uh, we don't need to get bigger. We need to get better. And if we'll get better... Will naturally get bigger. Let me give you the, the, the spiritual principle is you don't need to worry about spiritual growth in your life. You need to worry about spiritual health in your life. And if you get healthy, healthy things always grow. Healthy things always grow. A healthy spiritual life is always growing. And, and, and honestly, the reason I'm preaching this way is we've been in a season, you have, I have, the world has been in a season of surviving. It has just been, can I get through this year? Can I get through 2020? Can I get through 2021? Can I get through 2022? You know, can I just get through this month? There have been days I thought, can I just get through this day, you know? And and honestly, I think the whole world's kind of in that season. Uh, It feels like... Uh, I'll just be real, real frank with you, not to, not to be political, but to be very spiritual. I think the world is forcing us back into a season of survival. Uh, I don't think, I think there are demonic forces at work in the world that are setting up, uh, 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 making a way for Antichrist. And the only way Antichrist takes over the world is if everybody's scared to death and in a survival mode. And I'm just telling you, Jesus did not leave behind his empowered church to just survive. He left us behind to thrive and flourish and grow and reach people and stretch. And our lives are supposed, it doesn't matter if it's shaking outside, you are not supposed to be shaken. This is an unshakable kingdom. Shout amen to that, everybody. An unshakable kingdom. You don't like this kind of preaching, you're going to hate the next six months. I'm telling you, I'm preaching this way maybe till Jesus comes back. Because the devil is trying his best to get you shaking in your boots. And I want to go ahead and declare to the devil today, I refuse to be shaken again. I refuse to be worried and scared. And That doesn't mean I'm going to be dumb. Doesn't mean I'm going to be irresponsible, but it does mean I will not keep my eyes on what everybody tells me to worry about. I'm going to keep my eyes on the mission that Jesus started when he left the earth. Can I get a better amen, everybody? So this series is about helping you thrive, not just survive. I want to pull you out of survival mode before you even get in this fall, and I want to get you into a thriving, flourishing I don't care if the world's in chaos. The Bible said he will, you will keep them in perfect peace. 
Say amen to that. You don't have, you don't have to be in chaos because the world's in chaos. Now, 21 days of prayer in August, you know, in January, 21 days of prayer, we fast together. In August, we feast together. Come on, somebody. Like that, that's kind of how we like to say. So I'm not going to, you can fast if you want to. I'm going to fast, but you, you can do whatever God leads you to do. But I would ask you to do this. I want this whole church to fast social media and, and news media. I'm telling you, I want you to take August. And let me tell you what happened. When you get to September, you'll think, the world is the best place you've ever... I'm telling you, you'll be happier. You'll be full of joy. You, you won't even know. There's, you just need to be selectively ignorant about some stuff going on in the world. I'm telling you. And when you do, you'll have perfect peace. That'll just happen. You, you just won't have all that chaos in your life. And you'll be in a season of thriving and flourishing. If I gave a title to this message, it'd be this. Write this at the top. This is going to stir some of y'all up. <clears throat> if I gave this message a title, it'd be God is an environmentalist. God is an environmentalist. Now, some of you strong conservative, not really y'all, probably all the conservatives come to 1030, but you can't believe God would be an environmentalist. I mean, when you think environmentalist, you think tree hugger. You think somebody that just, the truth is, an environmentalist, here's what they believe. They believe that the quality of our natural surroundings, our air, our water, our soil, that they have uh, an effect on my health, my long-term health and development. Now listen, if that's the definition of an environmentalist, somebody that believes the environment that is around us affects the health that's in us, look at me, God is the original environmentalist because he knows that however you surround yourself, that the area that you're in, the climate, the actions, the thoughts, the people, the places, the conversation, the input, the news media, the music, the, all of this environment affects your long-term health. You better say amen to that. If, if an environmentalist believes that the air affects us, God is an environmentalist because he knows that what you allow into your mind affects you. That, that the environment that you're in, he's concerned. God is ultimately concerned about your spiritual, emotional, physical, mental environment where you grow up. Because, write this in your notes, the environments of our lives affect the way we live our lives. The environments of our lives affect the way we live our life. If you're in the wrong environment, if you're in the wrong conditions, it will greatly affect your spiritual outcomes in the life that you live. If you're, if you're around the wrong people, it'll affect the kind of person you become. I, I say it this way. You are the average of the five closest people closest to you, the, the five people closest to your life. If, if you look at their finances, your finances are probably somewhere in the middle of all five of the people who are closest to you. You look at your marriage and relationships, you probably have the average, you're probably about in the middle of wherever it is they are relationally to the people around them. It's true spiritually. Your spiritual life is probably in the middle of the people who are closest to you. Why? Because my environment affects the way I live my life. Life And God cares about what environment you're in because if you're in the wrong one, it will affect your spiritual life and you won't produce what God wants you to produce in your life. Say amen to that, everybody. And God is in to gardens. God's into environments. The story of God and the story of God's people starts in a garden, the Garden of Eden. You know that. Now, we live in central Texas, and in central Texas, uh, there's a lot of rocks. 
There's a lot of live oaks. Come on, where are all my live oak people at? Where's all my central tech? You've been here all your life. Like, this is San Antonio, the Hill Country's home. Where you at? Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, there's just something special. If you're going to live in Texas, this is the best place in all of Texas to live. If I lived in Houston, I would run as fast as I could to central Texas. If I lived in Dallas, it's flat and there's, it smells like cows all the time. It always smells like cows in Dallas. and I'd get to central Texas as fast as I could. This is the most beautiful part, but it's, but it's kind of rocky, and, and it's got these short little live oak trees, but I'm from the deep south. In the deep south where I'm from, it's, there's tall pine trees, everybody, and it's lush, and it's green, and there's azaleas that grow everywhere, and the bushes get real big, and, and it rains all of the time, and everything's just really green. And honestly, even if you're not from where I'm from, you can picture what it's like to be in a flourishing garden because God has hardwired humanity to be captivated by gardens. God's hardwired you. It doesn't really matter where you're from or what. You, you could grow up in a desert and there's just something about, there's something about a lush green forest. Man, it just does something to replenish your soul. There's just something about it. God, God's always been into garden. There's something that's captivating about a garden that's tended by an expert gardener that you love when you watch the masters on TV. Come on, men. When you look at Augusta National, you just think, man, that place is... Beautiful. Can I get a good amen? Like there's a, when you look at Tory Pines on, on TV and all that green and all that, man, that beautiful over, I just, there's something about all that green that's appealing to me. God hardwired you that way. God has always been into gardens. He didn't just start humanity in a garden, but gardens were all through the story of Jesus uh, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Jesus agonized with his father before he was arrested and uh, before the crucifixion. He had to find this quiet, serene place where he could get alone with God. And where did he go? The garden. I got to get to the right place. In John 19, after Jesus is crucified, he's the Bible said he's buried in a tomb that he borrowed from Joseph of Arimathea. Where was the tomb at? In a garden. Matter of fact, we call it the garden tomb. All throughout the Bible, the next chapter, John 20, Mary Magdalene sees Jesus after the resurrection. You know where she finds him? In the garden. Matter of fact, she mistakes him in John 20 for the gardener. She thinks he's a gardener. Why are these gardens in all of the story of Jesus? What, what is it about J Jesus t teaching about seeds and vineyards and fields and branches? and so, uh, Agriculture was the language of the day. So Jesus is constantly dominating all of his preaching about, uh, about the kingdom of God when he talks about environments and, and, and the environment outside. So many parallels to gardens and the environment are that in your spiritual life. Uh, things like acorns. You can take a tiny acorn, put it in the ground, and it becomes a mighty oak tree. You can take a single kernel of corn, and if you'll put it in the ground and nurture it in the right environment, in the right soil, it'll produce a whole ear of corn. And if you wait long enough, and if you have a few carefully cultivated generations, that one kernel of corn doesn't just become one cob. It doesn't just become one stalk. It can become a whole corn field that feeds an entire generation. Are you following what I'm telling you, everybody? God created you and he created me. And the Bible said he created us like plants in a lush, properly tilled garden so that we could flourish in our lives. God's plan's always been a garden. God's plan's always, it's always been 
planting and flourishing. It's always been about what's, what's, the, what's the soil like, what's the environment like. In Genesis 1, God created everything. Do you believe that? And the Bible says he was very intentional about it. And after he created everything, he said, this is good. Man, he would, he would see it and he said, this is good. He, it was alive. It was flourishing. It was, it was thriving. It was multiplying. And God said, man, that's good. I like the way that looks. I like the way that's growing. Uh, all the things he created, listen, were in the perfect environment for growth. I'm going somewhere. Just This is only week one. Just stick with me, everybody. i got to get you believing God wants you to grow. Everywhere God created, he put it in the right environment. Look on the screen, Genesis 1 and verse 11. The Bible says, then God said, let the land produce vegetation. Underline the phrase, the land. Let the land produce vegetation. That's the environment. I've created this soil with a certain purpose. I put that land there to make vegetation and seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit, look at this, with seed in it. Underline that in your Bible. I've made some land that produced some plants and trees, but in those plants and trees, I put a seed, and they could, according to their various kinds, they could reproduce, and it was so. Verse 12, the land produced vegetation. There it is again. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seeds in them according to their kind. And God said, all of this is good. Now, I know that's a lot of reading, and, and, and you're not following, so look in my eyes. I know you're glazing over. Look at me. God said, I got land, I got plants, and then the plants have seeds. And when the seeds are are harvested out of the plant and out of the tree, I can put them back in the land and they make plants and then the plants have seeds. And if I harvest the seed out of the plant, I can put it back in, are you with me? I can put it back in the land and the land to make plants and the plants to make seeds and I'll take those seeds and it'll be, God created the perfect environment so everything could thrive. Now look at me. God created you not just to survive. God created you that if I get you in the right environment, you'll grow up and bear fruit. I preached that to you last week. And you'll have seed inside of you. That if that seed of purpose and potential is ever planted in the right place, it'll grow up and bear fruit. That I have seeds. That if I can get that seed of purpose on the outside of you, you need to grow up. Now this is how Jesus builds his church. That I plant you in the right environment. God had the right environment. That the seed inside the plant could, re- could reproduce more seed when it got planted in the right place. He put everything it needed to flourish in perpetuity. It just had to get planted in the right place. Write this in your notes. The seed is the package of potential. The seed of God in your life is the packet that God puts all of your potential in. It's the purpose God has for you. It's that thing on the inside of you. It's that calling I preached to you about last week. It's that thing on the inside of you. You just know that you know that God created me for this thing. That seed is the package of your potential. But look at me. Here's where Christianity is different than every other world religion. And here's where people jump off. That seed is only as good as where it is planted. The seed of potential and purpose in you is useless till it gets planted in the right environment.
till you put it in the right. It can only release the multiplication. It can only release the potential that's locked up inside of it when you, t- when you take it and you put it. In. You can't throw seeds all over this stage and go, grow. Grow up. You can do it. I mean, you can just motivate them. I'm telling you, you could water them. I'm, we could bring in false lights. We could put it all over. And if you throw seed all over this floor, it, it just, it will, it just, they'll just stay seeds on the floor. It's not that the seed doesn't have potential. It's that the seed's not planted in the right soil. But if you put that same seed inside a potting soil and put some miracle grow around it, put some sunlight and some water on it, what happens? It releases the potential it has. God, I feel like preaching to you. And the only way, listen to me, the reason why... People live their whole lives unfulfilled. is not because they don't have the seed of potential or purpose. It's because they never got planted in the right environment for that seed to grow. Now you live your life frustrated at what could have been, should have been, would have been. I could have done something with my life. I should have been somebody for God. I should have had purpose. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I believe that purpose talk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got purpose. You just have to get planted. In the right environment. God created the perfect environment for everything. You read the book of Genesis 1, 2, 3. God creates trees and he puts them in soil. He creates fish. And where's the perfect environment for fish? Water. So he created the right environment for the fish to thrive. And then God created birds. And where did he put birds? It's not a trick question. It's pretty simple. In the air. Right? Because it's the perfect environment for birds to flourish. Are you with me, everybody? He didn't put fish in the air. They wouldn't have survived. He didn't put birds in the sea. They wouldn't have survived. He said, I'm going to create the right environment so that every creation that I made thrives and flourishes and does everything they're supposed to. The Bible says he, he created the stars and the moon, and he put them where? In the heavens, in the galaxies. And then he said this in Genesis 3. He said, I put them there for the, uh, so they could be a, a, a sign and a season. In other words, the stars and moon will do what they were created to do when they get in the right environment. They'll give you signs and seasons when I put them in the heavens and the galaxies. And listen to me. You will only reach your fullest potential. You'll only do what you were created to do. You'll only live a life of purpose and potential and inspire others and fulfill your purpose when you get in the right environment. It's the God created you to get in the right environment. And when you get in that right environment, anything could happen. God created Target for women to flourish. Come on, somebody. That's their natural habitat. If you see a woman in Target, it is where God created her to flourish. Just look at their faces. They're glowing. They're just beaming. That's just where they're created to be, like fish in the sea and birds in the air. God put man and woman in the garden, and he said, this is the right place for you to flourish. Now, listen, I don't know how long they were there. The Bible doesn't tell us. I don't know how long they were in the garden, but I do know this. There was no death. There was no disease. There was no sickness. There was no problems. There were no family issues. And God said to them, there's one tree in the middle of this garden you can't eat of. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And you know the story. I don't have time to teach you. The serpent came. Eve takes the fruit, gives it to Adam. The Bible says they're cast out of the garden. Now look at me. The moment they're cast out of the garden, they started to die. The moment that you're removed from the environment God created you to flourish in, things start to deteriorate. The moment... You willingly move out of the environment. God created this. The moment you take a fish out of the sea, he starts dying. The moment you take a bird out of the air, he starts dying. 
The moment you pluck up a plant by the roots out of the soil, it'll start dying. The moment Adam and Eve walk out of the garden, they start dying. And the moment you leave the environment that God created you to flourish in, you'll start deteriorating and dying. They started dying the moment they left the presence, the environment. They were designed to thrive there, to flourish there, to reach their potential there. It's the perfect, it was made just for them. Now, I'm getting somewhere. Are you ready? Are you buckled up, everybody? I got I to gotta preach this to you for four weeks. You were created to bear the image of the Almighty God, and God created the exact perfect environment for you to be the image bearer that God created you to be. He said, where could I put my people that when I put them in that environment, they flourish, they thrive, they grow, they stretch, they produce, they bear fruit. Where is it? Where's that perfect where's that soil that a plant goes to, the ocean that a fish swims in, the air that a bird flies in? Where is it that I put believers that they thrive? Look into my eyes. God created God's family and God's presence and God's community where do all of those three things converge look at me God created the church for you to flourish God gave us the church so you and I could flourish I don't mean a building I don't mean a hotel I don't mean a school I don't mean a theater I don't mean a warehouse God gave us a spiritual environment a spiritual family and some spiritual soil and he said if you'll get planted in this environment I created it so you would flourish in your life this is our theme verse I preached all that to get to here Psalm 92 says it like this The righteous will flourish. Come play so they'll think I'm done. The righteous will flourish. Psalms 92 and 12. Like a palm tree. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. And they'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Remember those two things. I'm going to come back to them. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Here it is. Get ready. You want to know, God, where did you design me to flourish? If birds have a place and plants have a place and fish have a place, where's the Christian? I'm glad you asked. I created a place just for you where you could thrive and flourish. If you get planted in the house of the Lord, then you'll flourish in the courts of our God. You need to underline that and make that your theme verse. Matter of fact, when we build this building out, you get ready. I'm going to write it on the walls. I mean that. I'm going to post it as big. When you walk in that new, brand new building God's going to give us, when you walk in that warehouse, first thing you're going to see, Psalms 92 and 13, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. I want you to live your life thriving and flourishing and growing and stretching in every area of your life. How do I do it? i got to get planted in the right environment. And if you do, look at this, you'll bear fruit in old age. And they'll stay fresh and green and proclaim, the Lord is upright. God, I'm preaching prophetically to you because I'm telling you this world's getting dark. And you want to know what you're going to hold on to when everything gets upside down and topsy-turvy and the news and, and mandates. and that you, I'm telling I'm giving you something to hold on to. I'm pre- this whole series is prophetic. You need to get to a place in your life. It doesn't matter how bad or dark it gets. You'll stay fresh and green and proclaim the Lord is upright and He is my rock and there is no wickedness in Him. In other words, He's been good to me. It doesn't matter how bad the world gets. I can declare the Lord is my rock. The Lord is upright. 
there's one place, there's only one place, there's only one place, there's only one place, there's only one place where believers were made to flourish, and it's the house of the Lord. Why build God a house? Why keep moving to a school? And why keep going to here? And why, why are you fighting so hard? Why, 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 well, why is it? Why do you keep moving? Well, I, I got to keep a house together because it doesn't really matter where we put the house. I just need you to get planted in the house and your life will start flourishing. Why am I asking you to make the move to another school? Because the house is moving. And when the house moves, I need you to stay planted. Wherever the house is, that's why I asked you a year ago, those of you who were with us in the movie, I asked you to move here. Most of you did. The rest of you? Anyways. <laughs> I'm, st I'm still praying about that, okay? You get planted in the house and you flourish in the courts. God had a plan for you all along. Psalm 139.16, I quote it to you all the time. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days of my life were ordained for me are written in your book before one of them came to be. God has a book somewhere in heaven. I don't know how big that library is, but it's fairly large. And on the spine of that book is written your name, Mike Donna Jones. On the name is Aaron's right on the side of that the spine of that book. And every day of your life's written in that book. Every day of your life's written in that book. And in that book, I just, I don't know. I just, when we get to heaven, if I'm wrong, come find me. Tell me, okay? But I think it's a picture book. <laughs> I really do. I think it's, a, you remember those pop-up books? You know what I'm talking about? Your kids ever had those? You know where they open it? Ah! I think it's a pop-up. You know what I think if you open up the middle of your book, you know what I think it pops up to be? A garden. I think it's a garden. I think God, doesn't really matter what's in your book, I think God designed you to get planted in the right environment. When you choose to live outside of that, when you choose to live outside of that, the world has a problem that only you can solve. And now you can't reach your potential if you don't get planted in the right place. All right. Let me give you two ways. I know you want three. I don't have time for three. I got time for two. Here's how you can flourish. Number one, write this down. You're supposed to flourish like a palm tree. Like a palm tree. The righteous, the Bible says, the righteous flourish like a palm tree. Palm trees, if you didn't know this, they're very tall. But relatively, they have relatively shallow roots. They don't, their roots don't go down extremely deep. But the roots of a palm tree are intertwined. You'll rarely see one by itself because palm trees intertwine their roots with other palm trees and it gives them an anchor that they wouldn't normally have on their own. And the reason God said the righteous are like a palm tree that get planted in the house is because when you get around the right people of God, when you get a spiritual family, you'll, you'll start intertwining your roots together because we need each other. And people hold me up. And small groups and people in my team and people in my church family, they're the root system that grab me and, and hold me when things come my way. Are you with me, everybody? Here's the second reason why that you're like a palm tree. Palm trees are designed to let the wind pass through. God, I wish I had time. They're designed to let the wind pass through. Look at their branches. Palm trees are flexible. Watch them. 
Watch a storm go through Florida and palm trees will be bent all the way over and not break. (laughs) And God said, if you'll get planted in the house, you'll be like a palm tree flourishing. When the storms of life come, they may bend you, but they will not break you. You want to know how to survive the coming storm? Look at me. You want to know how to survive the coming storm? It's by planting in the right environment. Planted in the house of the Lord. Storms may come and bend us over, but they will not break us. Second thing the Bible says, I want you to be like a palm tree. The righteous are like a palm tree that's planted. And number two, they're like the cedars in Lebanon. I know that's funny, like a cedar in Lebanon. That's funny. If you ever go to Lebanon, you'll find cedar trees that only grow at high elevations. The cedars of Lebanon only grow above 3,000 feet above sea level. Now, a lot of Lebanon is, is lower, closer to sea level, but the cedars that they built Solomon's temple out of grow at, a, at an altitude of higher than 3,000 feet. By the way, you weren't meant to live in a valley. You were meant to live on a mountaintop. He said they're going to be like cedars of Lebanon. And if you know anything about cedar trees, they can last a thousand. There are cedar trees right now in Lebanon a thousand years old. They don't decay. Matter of fact, when we want to build something that lasts a long time, we build it out of cedar. You know, it protects what's on the inside. The wind can come. The elements can come. The insects can come. And it won't decay. And God said, I want you to be like the cedars of Lebanon. That it really doesn't matter what comes your way. It will not erode and rot and decay away the strength of your life. Everything can come against you. And it won't decay you. And then he said, you'll be, you'll be like a palm tree and like a cedar in Lebanon. He said, you'll, you'll, you'll be fresh and green. And you'll produce leaves in old age. That's what I want for you. Over the next four weeks of this series, I want to help you get planted. I want to teach you the importance of the house of God. I'm preaching about church. I'm telling you, maybe forever, but I I, got to get you planted here because the storm is coming. And I don't want you to break. Because the insects and the decay is coming, and I want you to stay. And I want you to flourish into old age. When's Jesus coming back? I don't know. Could be today. Could be a hundred years from now. Here's what I've decided. You ready? I've decided to flourish into old age. <laughs> I've just decided. I've decided to stay planted in God's house in old age. When I'm a hundred years old, look at me. Y'all remember this tape. Y'all re- ask Aubrey to play this back for you at my hundredth birthday, okay? He still be here. I'll still be. You remember this. When I'm a hundred years old, I'm still going to be preaching the gospel, writing books. Now, I'm going to wear long socks and drive a golf cart around everywhere. <laughs> but I'm going to be preaching the gospel and writing books and chasing Brandy around the house. Talking about, come on, baby, come over here. Get daddy a kid. I'm going to be flourishing in my old age. Y'all can give up and die before you actually die. Not me. I'm going to flourish in old age. Why? Because I'm planted in the house of the Lord. And I plan on living this storm out till Jesus comes back, flourishing in the court of our God. Bow your heads for prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the church. I thank you that the Bible says Jesus is building his church. The gates of hell would not prevail against it. I thank you that you gave us a house to call a home. I thank you that you picked the right environment for everything to thrive. Soil for plants. The sea for fish. 
the air for birds, and the church for me. You designed this environment, not perfect, but perfect for me to grow. Perfect for me to flourish. God, if I ever removed myself from the house, things start to die and decay and fall apart. But when I get planted here, everything starts flourishing. Everything just starts growing. God, I pray for people in this church that they would just decide, I'm going to be planted here. I'm going to put down roots here. I want to be like a palm tree that when the storm blows, it doesn't blow me over. I want to be like a cedar that doesn't decay, that into my old age I'm still bearing fruit, fresh and green. God, I pray for that kind of flourishing for people in this church. I pray generationally for their children and grandchildren that the planting of the Lord would be the heritage of God's people. That people would, would, would refer back to this church and would remember. I remember when my grandparents got planted. I remember uh, somebody told me the story about my great-grandparents that got planted. Now my life's flourishing. Now our family flourishes. Now we're, now we're finally releasing the potential of the seed on the inside of us. The purpose God put in me. Because I got planted in the house. And I flourish. Now while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life this is where it starts this is a spiritual family I want you to belong to but you gotta you gotta give your heart to Jesus first it starts between you and God then it becomes between you and God's people so I'm gonna give you a chance to do that if you need to surrender everything to God just pray a simple prayer that sounds like this Lord Jesus thank you for the cross believe you died for my sins rose from the dead I believe you died to pay for my sins so I repent, I turn away, I give my whole life to you. Save me today, be the Lord of my life. Now listen with your eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer or you prayed it again, or if you've been saved for a very long time, I'm asking you in these 21 days to go on a journey of deciding to get planted. Now let me pray for Christians who are just on the peripheral some of you have been here for five years in this church and never been planted. But you've attended. You just hadn't put down roots. Just decide. Just decide. You know what? It could be one of the reasons my life isn't flourishing. It's because I'm not planted here. So God, I make a decision to plant myself in God's house. I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. Though the winds come and the storms blow, I will not break or be blown over. This is the house of God. This is where God meets with His people and this is the right environment for me to flourish. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Thank you for joining us today and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.